on digital radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. The Sportscast. Expect the unexpected. The Jersey Boy Sports Talk presented by The Sportscast. The Jersey Boy Sports Talk with Victor Orocho and Byron Jones. And here's your host, Victor Orocho. Good evening and welcome to the Jersey Boys presented by the Sportscast. Uh, as painfully obvious as it is, I am not Victor Orocho, but I am here with Byron Jones. Uh, so I think we're going to have Victor's... Happy personality, hopefully next week. So, yeah, he'll be all revved up next week. Exactly. That way, he'll be able to do the uh, main intro of the show that they normally do. But you know what? Unfortunately, I I'm not able to replicate Victor's pizzazz for the opening, and I don't want to give anyone any uh, material on video to use against me later on. So. That being said, my name is Alan West. I'm here with Byron Jones. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing wonderful. It's pouring down rain here in uh, Pennsylvania. It is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, Victor is out on assignment. You know, like we always say, he's on assignment wherever that may be in the whole good wide world. He's somewhere uh, raising hell, probably. Exactly, and that's why because with him on assignments, they call in the. The person who would be below the USFL or the XFL, me, to come in and just keep it going for a week. Yeah, uh, no, nah, it's just fine, man. It's all right. It's all good. All good. So, I know that you've been. We'll hit the combine a little bit later, real quick. I know you've been seeing some of the coaches that uh, my commanders have been picking up. What do you think? Well, I saw, let's see, Dan Quinn, that's a good hire. You know, finally, you know, he's got a, you know, the job. Who's the defensive coordinator now? Who did he pick up? Or is he going to call his own defenses? No, I think he hired somebody. I'm not, not and sure. I know, and I know, I think they just hired a female, uh, a sister running back coach. I think she's the first one to be an actual position coach. Jennifer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jennifer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a good thing, you know. They're heading in the right direction, Washington. I I keep a hope alive, man. I keep a hope alive. That's all you can do. I I was the one who had the pleasure of watching Daniel Snyder the whole time, and not. <clears throat> yeah, but now, now you have, have you have a real owner now. I know, and I'm thankful for it. You have no idea. You have no idea. So apparently Joe Witt Jr. is a defensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. Larry is as a special teams coordinator. And then on the coaching staff, you got George Banco, defensive quality control. David Blau, assistant quarterback. Andre Coleman, offensive assistant. Defensive backs, uh, Tommy Donatel. Wide receivers, Bobby Ingram. Assistant defensive line, Sharif Lloyd. Assistant defensive backs, William Gay. Assistant special teams, John Glenn. Coaching chief of staff, is uh, her name is Sarah Hogan. Offensive line is Bobby Johnson. The wait, assistant wait a minute. head wait, coach. Wait, wait. Is, is that the same Bobby, Bobby Johnson that left the Giants? Please don't say that's the same guy. Please, please don't. Let me see. Because they had a Bobby Johnson one that got fired that was the O-line coach with the Giants. Yeah, I think that's him. Ah, man, you guys are screwed, man. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. They go from bad to worse. Feel sorry for your offensive line. Sounds about right. Ah. Yeah, this is a, this is a question I got for you. Do you think maybe that since they've gotten um Cliff 
Kingsbury's an OC that maybe they might be targeting Caleb Williams, maybe? It's possible. I mean, when you look at how his resume is for the different quarterbacks that he has coached, either as an offensive coordinator in college or as a head coach, I uh, saw there was a stat for that. You had Manziel, you had Mahomes, you had Kyler Murray. And actually, there was one other person he was the offensive coordinator for. I saw that earlier today, and I thought about you for that, Byron, because I knew that I knew you were going to ask me. I had to. But it's kind of weird. That's okay. It's kind of weird that, you know, uh, Kingsbury originally, I think, was supposed to go to Raiders, and he backed out of that deal and ended up with uh, Washington. So it's kind of... That's true. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, eh. And, you know, them happened, you know, the, was the second pick in the draft that... Uh, Correct. That he would end up uh, there where maybe they might possibly move up and get their guy. Anything's possible, that's for sure. But it just... I am not as uh, confident about it just because, well, I've been a Washington fan for a long time, and it's just like you being a Giants fan. Long time. You've seen the good times, and you've seen the not-so-good times. So, I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the, the good thing you have to look forward to is that Daniel Snyder is not there. It's a whole new thing, so maybe you know they're they don't you know, and they they did go about it professionally as far as you know picking you know the the head coach and the uh, um the general manager. They did do it the right way and said, "Hey, mm -hmm. you know what? You need oh, a yeah. job. Uh, yeah, come on." And you know, it's a lot. It, it, maybe it's just him that just had all that bad juju around him and everything that you know caused this train wreck. You know, Washington for so long. Oh, it's definitely, it was definitely him being a fan. But, you know, Byron, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make that, that you'll understand why I can breathe a heavy sigh of relief. Daniel Snyder is not in the United States anymore. He moved back to England. Really? Yes. You can look it up. He moved back to England. I wonder why. Hmm. How many things would we have to go down to explain about that? But yes, no, uh, I'm very thankful he is nowhere near the commanders at all. And just seeing how he destroyed the commanders being the uh, super fan. Yeah. All, all he did was be, make us be super crap. That's it. Hey, but the, the crazy thing, it was for so long. Like it, it seemed like it was mm -hmm. like for, you know the you know I, I remember Joe you know Gibbs you know I had a couple you know teammates that played for the Redskins well Redskins mm -hmm. back you know in the eighties you know Dean Hamill was a mm -hmm. teammate of mine and Steve Gage was you know uh, safety I think he played mm -hmm. on the championship those two guys that you know I played with in college and it, it just seemed weird that you know they had all that success in in the eighties. 90, or, and then when they got Daniel Snyder, it just sort of just fell off the cliff. You know, when he went out to try to buy, you know, Bruce Smith, you know, toward the end of his career. Or was it Deion Sanders, I think? Did he mm -hmm. end up there? Mm -hmm. And all these, yep. you know, these guys figured that they Jeff could buy. Jeff George yeah. and a few others, yeah. I remember. Yeah, where, where they could sit there and buy, you know, a championship. But I guess when it didn't work out the way he thought, then next you know, they're going through quarterbacks, they're going through coaches, and it was just crazy. That one of the flagships. Well, that they had the fine, too, the 36 thousand dollar fine over that as well yeah yeah and they, they, you know for them to just just fall off the map the way they did with the same guy you know all the pressure and all the stuff that you know he was doing behind the scenes you know this and that and you think that you know them being a flagship organization that the other owners would push him out the door and they didn't you know for decades yeah but the thing was, he had basically Jerry Jones in his corner, so that was helping him. But when he finally alienated Jerry Jones and Goodell, like when they finally were like, hey, this is what you need to do. Instead of him having a defense, like uh, having something to prove, like, hey, this will be better, this is what we can do. 
his way of doing it was pulling up all the dirt that he had found from the other owners in Cadell and presenting it at that conference. <laughs> we see how that worked out. Yeah, well, I mean, because the funny thing was, John Gruden was actually a, uh, he was friendly fire in that because when they looked at some of the emails from Bruce Allen, that's how you heard about the stuff with John Gruden because no one right. else knew about that. So, I mean, Snyder, he, he ended a lot of careers. Yeah, yeah, I would say, and, and the crazy thing is, all the people, you know, and I'm sure it's a whole bunch of other names on there, you know, people that we know, you know, that throughout the whole football, and I'm sure they don't never want that stuff to get out that, you know, whatever was said or whatever they did, because you figure, like you said, one guy took, you know, took all the bullets for you know, the whole thing, and there's a lot more other people that are bothered. and I hope they, yeah, I'm sure they hope that it never comes out understand and uh looks like we have our uh one guest that we were talking about earlier for uh the dolphin let's see Saul Winters is part of the Dolphins fan club on oh. Facebook. Let me bring him in right now. I think that's who it is. that and uh but yeah now we'll see how the commanders do this year but well the i'm one not thing, hitching my buggy to super bowl or bust right well, now well the one good thing is that you have 83 million dollars in uh cap space oh andre hey guys can you hear me <laughs> yep okay good yep. good sorry guys i'm uh we had matt drills this morning and uh uh, had to get a haircut, had to take care of other issues, you know, eat, eat dinner with the family too. And, you know, have some fun with some friends here. <laughs> I understand. How are we doing tonight, sir? I'm loving life, baby. Anytime we got mat drills going on, it's the, it's the wonderful stench of uh sweaty guys and the new <laughs> and the optimism of the new year, baby. <laughs> Byron, do you miss the sw- do you miss the mat drills? Because I sure didn't. Absolutely not, man. That used to, uh, the, our coaches, man, would put the like the garbage can, like brand new garbage cans. I remember the first time, you know, that happened. They put the garbage cans. I say, damn, why the garbage cans out there? Oh, you'll see in a couple minutes, man. <laughs> the garbage cans, they were your best buddy, man. Grabbing them and some of the stuff, and, and they would turn. We were the jet. They turned that heat up. Ooh, man, it was hot. Yeah, so yes, I will pass on that. I don't miss the locker room. I don't miss the locker room smell. I miss the camaraderie of everybody walking from the field into the locker room knowing we got our asses kicked by the coaches. And just yeah, looking yeah. at each other knowing what a brotherhood we had. That is the one thing I, I miss. Yeah. I mean, I think at Tulsa, it's a little it was You guys had a little bit more time to spend in the locker room than I did, you know, at the Air Force Academy. We maybe had 30 minutes in the locker room before and after practice. So, yeah, yeah you were a little hurry, hurry, hurry. Whereas yeah. you guys had that lexadaisical old guys that you could sleep in there if you wanted to. No, nah, there was no sleeping in uh, the Tulsa. Mm-mm, not with John Cooper. Oh, no, no. Uh, eight o'clock, uh, out and out the door. You go to class, uh, library. You better go somewhere, but you ain't going to sleep. It ain't laying down here. Out. Everybody. <laughs> And now you see all these uh, players' lounges and barber chairs. Oh, these kids are living large, man. We had none of that stuff, man. We were happy to have a hot tub. We had like one hot tub and, and ninety people had to share. We did have a, a steam room. We had one, you know, the, the sauna. We had that. You put like fifteen people in there, turn the temperature to two hundred. You know, kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit here as long as I can. People passing out. Oh, it was, oh, it was crazy. I remember it was uh, two a days during my freshman year. And I had to hurry up to get, uh, to join formational drill. Uh, and me and the other freshmen and sophomore are doing basically the assembly line shower where you got 
where, where you got uh, you, you you know lather on lather off yep <laughs> get the important parts and go like the army same thing it was like an assembly line up get wet <laughs> next here's a soap and you know and i never thought about it till later on i was like everybody use the same soap I was like, oh my God, man! No, 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 no. We, oh, we, we were the, the loofah age. Oh, we no, were the no. loofah age. We no, all we were... had either a washcloth or a nah. loofah. We had. And a... There was a guy who was making fun of the Ironhead, uh, <laughs> Ironhead Hayward commercial. You know, Ironhead and just squirting the, nah, <laughs> squirting there, the body there, wash. There was no such thing as body wash back in my day. No, was, no, was, no, no. Hey, here, here you go, man. Bar soap and pass it, pass it down a lot. There you go, my man. Ah, that was so foul when I sit there and think about it now. Now, Byron, are you a bar of soap or a or are you a loofah or are you a uh, a washcloth man? I am a, a loofah with body wash. Squirt, squirt. <laughs> Alan, you don't know me, but I already disrupted the show for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Actually, Andre, I believe we met before. The last time that uh you were on, you were working for Youngtown, Youngstown State, if memory serves. Still do. Still am. Still am. Still am. Now, I'm wearing uh, my Cleveland Gladiators gear because that's uh, what mm -hmm. the Office of Communication says that, that they would prefer me wearing during our private podcasts. I understand. <laughs> I did have a question for you. Since you said you were uh, you went to the Air Force Academy, were you there yes, when Anthony Schlegel was there? Uh, what year was he there? The last name sounds familiar. Uh, I think he graduated think in 96, was... didn't he? No, no. No? He was... Uh, I think it was... Oh, oh, four? Two, was, was sounds familiar. Like I said, he, sound, transferred, uh, he transferred from Air Force Academy to Ohio State. Well, you see, but I was already gone. Before he left the Air Force Academy... Okay, because when he was at the Air Force Academy, before he left, he was a captain. Uh, no, no, no. He was. Uh, you're not an officer yet when you're in the academy. You are either first class, second class, third class, or fourth class. Uh, there's no. He was team uh, captain know, for the team. I mean, oh, he was oh, team captain well, for the football team. That's what I meant. Okay, so I I know the last name, but he definitely wasn't there at the same mm -hmm. time I was. I was class of '02. Okay. My final year mm -hmm. on the field, though, was 2000. I didn't get to play my senior year. Senior year, okay. just too many, too many injuries, and and that's when they started. Ha uh, so I could still be part of the team. They had mm -hmm. me helping out with the coaching end of the things. Okay, and there's something wrong with that. Oh, it, it, hey, you know what, brother? I was happy as heck uh, to be on the team. Uh, there were people that were way more talented that were uh, that sometimes I feel were more deserving of being on the team. But like uh, like my uh, defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator used to say, there isn't anybody who was more relentless than Andre Gispert. I was a relentless son of a bitch who brought it every every practice. So they knew I might have I, I might have been two hundred and thirty pounds soaking wet, but. Uh, I was going to bring it because uh, we had a guy from Tulsa that transferred out from uh, Air Force Academy. Uh, Sid Abramowitz came. Yeah. He was he was at the Air Force Academy for a year or two or whatever he was there because we played them at Tulsa and they ran that flex bone offense. Man, you talk about something that was wee man. You talk about where you had to study and like really know your assignments, mess around with that. It was really complicated, you know, back in the day. Uh, Art Bryles said something that uh, that still resonates to today. You don't, you might not want to uh, want to run the triple option, but you need to study it so you could study the discipline of it. Mm -hmm. yep. And you got, and and it's something to be said about the only reason why where that offense is successful is in the academies because they're having to play to their strengths which is the discipline they they're not the, they're not going to win they're not going to put uh, they're not going to put points on the board and uh you know like there's like they're you know like they're scoring like crazy they can't run the spread option even though uh heck my my years at the air force academy we were the fast we were considered at the time the fastest 
team uh, that the Air Force Academy ever had because we had more guys running sub 540s than the mm-hmm. Air Force had ever had. Now, now that's the norm. But back then, sub 540s in uh, you know uh, uh, for a lineman for a tight end that was unheard of, and we were a very very fast team back then, and I and, and I believe that's why we were so successful with Blaine Gordon with Mike Thiessen. I mean those two quarterbacks they, they were masters of the game, uh, and look uh, you know look at Blaine 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 has accomplished many things as an offensive coordinator. He wouldn't even, he's done a two, a couple stints in the NFL as a coach. You know, I got nothing but love for Blaine. Uh, Mike Thiessen, heck who's to argue, uh, you know, I'm just glad he's back at the air force Academy, you know, because I, th- I, I think the world of Mike and not because he was my quarterback and he, he never threw to me, but <laughs> 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 he never threw to me, but, uh, he knew I was going to drop that ball, but it, it was just, it, it was truly awesome to, to just see those guys implement that discipline that we had into their lives, into their coaching style and into uh, the way they're, they're preparing this next, the next generation of football player. Because yeah. yeah, we had uh, who's other, one of our grad assistants, Todd Barry, he ended up being the head coach of army. Academy back like like years ago he that, that ended disastrously that was no good but we had like we had Steve Logan he ended up being at East Carolina, uh, Logan was good Logan was really good, uh what's his name uh the coach that won the I can't think of his name now, in Miami he was the head coach of Miami when they won the national championship then they ran him out Larry of there. Coker yeah Coker Larry he, Coker. he was the offensive coordinator at Tulsa, uh Steve Logan you know uh. Lovey Smith, of course, the most, you know, the biggest guy, you know, probably, and, and John Cooper was the head coach, you know, when I was at Tulsa. So, you know, we had a pretty good staff. Lovey's a great guy. I, I have, I, I have nothing but a, a, a huge heart for him and his family. His son's a joy to be around. Uh, I, I, I hope he lands somewhere. I, I really do. Uh, I, I think we're. I, I think the NFL <laughs> is better with a quality guy of his caliber. I'm not saying as a head coach. As a defensive coordinator, he knew how to bring it, bro. Because he was my position coach. You know, he started like defensive line, you know, outside linebackers. And then he just moved up the ranks. Man, I was happy for him. I love the fact that, you know, he made it all, you know, the NFL, you know, he got in the Super Bowl and all that stuff, man. Yep. You know, I love the guy to death, man. You know, nothing but love, like you said, nothing but for him, Levy, my man. Yep. 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 So I guess, uh, I guess the question now is, What's going to happen now with all with all these uh, free agents? Are, are they going to oh, wait to find out how much more they're going to add to the salary cap or or what? I mean, the NFL hasn't announced the new salary cap rules, have they? No, not yet. They're supposed to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because it's about to have the new uh, the new um, league year. It just starts in March, and that's when they'll start talking about different. Like not only the salary cap, but just how they're going to be looking at like not only the players, but you're going to see how all the different uh, executives, how they figure out how to word and how to balance all the money. Oh, and uh, Byron, real quick, you know, Ohio State fan, John Cooper, his record against Michigan, trash. I grew up during that time, and so my daughter. She laughs at me when I tell her about that because of how dominant it's we have been since she's been around. Right. And I've had to explain to her. So seeing how he is. Alan, hold on. I'm glad Alan. he was good for you, but I'm sorry. I Alan, love that. You're, you're, well, hold on. I got I need I need to clarify something. Are are you <laughs> uh, are are you a Ohio State fan? I am. Oh, you poor thing. You poor thing. I I I, I Vaya con Dios, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. If you guys, you guys are on the burner. If you guys don't win it all, you guys, uh, like seriously, you guys are in trouble. Oh, it's going to be an interesting year. That's definitely for sure. Although um, seeing how things went for the other school and how you're going to see the NCAA infractions come two or three years later and it's not going to do a thing. 
it's like I'm talking about on my own show. The NCAA, they're they're basically screwed. Within a few years, it's going to be gone because you saw how the SEC and the Big Ten are already doing exploratory information. That's not going to for the NCAA. That's basically saying bye bye. Well, here here's the other thing, and I know we're a pro football uh, show, but uh, finally I could talk college for a change and not mention <laughs> schools. And but uh, it, it let, let's face reality. When the new wording on the CFP is disturbing, only five AQs, and they didn't even clarify who the, they only clarified who three of those AQs are. Mm-hmm. Okay. They didn't clarify who the final two were. Mm-hmm. All right. Because they don't know what, they don't know what's going to happen to the Pac 12 and they don't know. Oh, Oh, what's going to happen to the ACC? And they don't like it, mm-hmm. it's they basically said, hey, we don't know what's happening with you. I mean, not the ACC, uh, the Big 12. They basically said, mm-hmm. hey, you guys figure yourselves out. Uh, it, it's scary if you're a group of five school. It, it's it, it tells you there is no love for you. So why bother? Why not make your own championship, make your own league at this point? I don't see it as calling uh, as taking your ball and going home i i see it as survival at this point because if the if those kids don't have a championship to play for what is the point well i mean not only that see because i do a college show on wednesday so I, i understand about that but the thing is you saw yesterday they even were trying to announce the playoff to jump to 14 or 16 teams by 2026 already. It's like, come on, you're trying so to get the, to 12, so the 16, and now you're moving it up. Now, the only reason why they got stuck with 12 was because the ACC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were not willing to budge on the 16. Okay. Understand that you had three conferences – that were not for it and Notre Dame. So three conferences and one school in the middle of Indiana, that's now stuck because no conference will take mm-hmm. them other than the ACC. The ACC has them by the short and curlies now. So at the end of the day, you know, they could take their, uh, they could take their, uh, their shamrocks wherever they want. It, they, they're not going anywhere other than the ACC now. And, and it's one of those things that they're stuck. But this this the whole reason why we're stuck with 12 is because people who uh, people did not want to budge because they had too much to lose with the bowl, oh, with losing the bowls. But I think mm-hmm. this year shocked a lot of people at how poorly the bowls did. The bowl well People are tired of the tampon bowl, the toilet bowl, the cereal bowl, and, 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 and every other mediocre bowl that there is. You, it doesn't matter if they have a cool gimmicky mascot like the Pop-Tarts or, or that you end up eating the guy, or which you got to admit. That, that's kind of cool. Pretty, that's kinda that cool. was pretty carnivorous. That was pretty carnivorous. <laughs> But or or uh, the tropical smoothie uh, one, which is in Frisco, Texas, where they throw up, you know, mm-hmm. look, at the end of the day, there's too many bowls, way too many bowls. Me and Byron no. played in a time that you could have a nine win season and might not go to a bowl game. I know all about mm-hmm. that. Ten and one. Yeah. I mean, my school went 12 and one. And we didn't go to the, we didn't get picked for the national championship. <laughs> okay, I mean, like seriously, oh, uh, it, it it was a time. There was a time where you know, an eleven win uh, Air Force, you know, uh, an eleven and one Air Force got got left out of the uh, out of championship talk. It, it, it's nuts. It really is. But at the end of the day, I, I really think that there needs to, you know, Nick Saban said it. 15 years ago and it's going to happen they're going they're, they're just going to have to split division one and division one is too crowded 
And I think Byron and Allen, you will agree. There are too many frauds in division one right now that are, that are, that are a sham. And we know those schools and I can't say them out loud because unfortunately I can get in trouble with my SID, but there's a few of them here in Ohio. There's a few of them here in Ohio and neighboring and neighboring States that they, they have a football program as a fundraiser alone. Okay, we uh, I can't say what school it was, but it's not far, it's not far from Akron, but it's not Akron. I know, I know, that, I know. That, that that they love getting their heads kicked in three games a year mm-hmm. for twenty million dollars. Yep, well, I know, and I mean, uh, but here's the other thing that we've noticed. Now, the I agree about the bowls, but here's the other thing. Think about not only the transfer portal, how they've changed that to where you can do that. Right uh, after the end of the regular season, and that made the bowl games a gigantic failure. But the other thing is watching the NIL, and then watching how um, the NCAA president he made his remarks a few days ago, and he basically just said, "Get over it, I don't care." But the thing is, for him, when he does that, that's going to definitely make the chasm that's already starting. It's going to make it even bigger. And then the Pac-12, the uh, commissioner for that, he is completely gone out. But apparently, he was told by schools to say $50 million when he was only going to say $32 million. And, well, we don't have the conference anymore. Uh, well, at the end of the day, Byron, can you agree that even when you played, 500 bucks a month would have meant a lot to you? What? Man, I would have partied like a rock star with $500. Okay. So back in 2010, there was a proposal by some of the most prominent schools. I'm talking about schools from the Big Ten, from the ACC, from the SEC, and the Pac-10 at the time. Keep in mind, this is, mm-hmm. this is uh, uh, you know, this was back, back in 2010. We're all sit and a and a Big Twelve, oh, sorry, Big Ten back then, uh, whatever they were back then, the, oh, where uh, you know, whatever was the one for Texas and that had Texas and Oklahoma back then. Uh, the truth to the matter was, they were saying we need to start protecting these players, uh, paying these players something. We need to give them a stipend, and all the presidents turned around and said, no, no, no. If the moment we give them a stipend, we're turning them into employees. I'll never forget the summer, uh, the the summer, you know, the fall camp of 2011. We had two ambulances come to uh, come to our football field. One because our film, one of our filmers broke their ankle coming down a ladder, and one because uh, a defensive lineman broke his ankle on a freak accident. Now, the filmer got workman's comp, still got paid, never was threatened to lose their scholarship, was taken care of. Meanwhile, the poor defensive lineman, they were on his case that he wasn't uh, – it didn't look like he was taking his rehab seriously, that, you know, that he wasn't performing well and whatnot. And then they told him they didn't renew his scholarship. Now, I'm not going to throw anyone in the bus and say what school that was, but they could always – anybody who knows my bio could look up the ma- – could look it up and figure out where I was in 2011. And, and to this day, it still shocks me that the kid who filmed was more protected than the kid who's producing revenue for the school. And that's the and, – and that was at a Division One school. See, but I can go back even further – in the 80s, you know, when, uh, what was that called? The Southwestern Conference was around? But the, SMU and the Pony Express, baby. SMU, I was around all of the uh, Texas Tech, uh, Texas, all these schools. These teams were doing that stuff for decades. Going back, you know, I'm talking, these kids were getting paid. I was at TCU, saw a car carrier pull up with, you know, remember the, the, like the, the 280Zs? With a whole caravan. Z28. 
the Z28. No, no, these guys had 280Z Datsuns. They were pulling out. Oh, the they, 280Zs. Okay, the Datsuns. Yeah, the, yeah, big old giant guy squeezing a little car. And uh, <laughs> they were they, pulling what out. What they do, remove it to a T, uh, yeah, the T-top. the T-birds. No, the yeah. T-top so, so that they so can get in. Yeah, pretty much. And they rolled up, yeah. with, a, they rolled up with car carriers and had four, yep, yep, and had four of these guys, four of these cars would give them to the players. But then you had the one kid, you know, like SMU gets the death penalty because of all the craziness was going on. But that's the this stuff goes the, the probably the seventies or eighties where you know teams they were just they were just dole out money and cars and this and that. So you know I'm happy the kids are getting whatever they're getting now. But you know some of them are, is a bit much. It really is look, a bit much. Look, <laughs> all I'm saying is that you can't tell me that a kid could go ahead and play in a bowl game and the bowl game generate $8 million in three hours for the school and the kid gets nothing. Meanwhile, it's the kid, it's the kid who's really risking his, his, his future, the future of his health, the future of his livelihood. I mean, seriously. Yeah. But you're getting kids that are just chasing the bag too. You know, well, hey, now you they know. are. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, no. I, I, this yeah. recruiting season, this recruiting season was brutal, man. I, I, I've never in my life have had to deal with, 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 with just such blatant chasing of the bag. I mean, that's a that's a story for another day, gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, like seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, I, when, when, when they're literally just sitting there and go, okay, and how much am I getting paid? And you're like, uh, that's with the collective, and I have no clue. And nor do I care, <laughs> and they don't believe you. But that's and crazy. the parent is like, and the parents like, well, this is what we're gonna get at such and such school. And I go, I don't care. I don't need to know. I don't care. I can only tell you we're gonna give you an education. We're gonna love you up. We're gonna we're gonna treat you like a man. We're gonna make you into a good uh, into a productive member of society, and we're gonna hopefully turn prepare you to be a great father and uh, a great father. If we can make you into an NFL player, great. We've been we we got five guys in the NFL right now in the last three years, but at no time are we making that the standard. We're making the standard of making you a good father, a productive member of society. And if you don't like that goal, maybe this ain't the place for you. Yeah, but my thing is, how is it that these kids, you know, they're 17, 18 years old, you know, coming into college and stuff, and the uh, and the first thing coming out of their mouth, well, uh, what, what can you give me? What, what, what can I, you know, what are you going to give Byron, me? But Byron, it's not, the, no, 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 it's not the high school kids, really, that are that are saying that. It's the parents. The parents? It ain't the kid. It ain't the kid. The kid wants to go wherever the heck he's happy. The kids are, the kids, uh, the, look, we only took on. We only took on 10 high school kids. Wow. Alan, how many uh, high school kids did uh, Ohio State take in this year? Wait till you hear this, Byron. I believe it was like 20. No, 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 no. Not 20. Not how many signings. I said how many high school signings. That looks like you're putting that up. That was more than seven. that. Nope. That was more than that. You okay. had JUCO transfers, and uh, I and that and and the kids from IMG do not count as high school students anymore. Oh, okay, okay, that's why. Okay, uh, the yeah, high school they they are considered uh collegiate prep schools now. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. All right, that football not, It's not high school, but it's that uh, it's a it's basically like uh like how Army, Navy, and Air Force have prep schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that inter, uh, it's that okay. collegiate prep academy deal. Really, that's what okay. it's called. Yeah. Now wow. that that's what it, most of those kids are getting a fifth year of high school in some cases. Yeah, I mean that's I know uh, Fork Union down here in Virginia. I know they do that there. So I almost just as up, an example, I, I, I almost ended up there. I was close. Yeah, <laughs> because you got uh, also Milford uh, Milford Academy not far from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's the other one, the Albemarle Academy? The Albemarle School or whatnot? Western yeah. Albemarle, maybe? I'm not sure. If they, uh... Something like that. They all yeah. play each other. They all play each other three mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
So basically, right, so basically, it's a, f a five year uh, go to school in the high school level, whatever it is. So it's your fifth year. What you're doing is you're rejecting your high school diploma, and you go to a prep school. And that prep school, they're retaking their classes that they did were uh, horrible in. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know all that. Yeah, that's what's uh, happening. I know about that. Now, yeah. and, uh, Byron, you'll find this funny, but uh, when you talk about Dotson, I see those every day when I'm at when I do my jobs. So that's that. That kind of hits home for me. But real quick, since we are talking about college, what do you guys think about the prospects for the combine this year? I mean, I know you you, you got Caleb Williams. Who else you are think, you looking at? I honestly think it's going. Uh, I think it's going to be a D backs paradise. There are so many amazing defensive backs graduate uh, who are who graduated, and that the that the ones that declared early, they better be freaks because they are. There was a backlog of good, of outstanding defensive backs that are now eligible for the NFL and that they all declare either they declared or they just aged out. So there's that. I think uh, this is going to be the second strongest offensive line class coming out of college that I've ever seen. There's so many uh, and it's a byproduct of the COVID years. The fact that they all, all these kids got two year, two extra years because of COVID Uh that's the byproduct. So now you're not getting a kid. Uh, you're not getting a kid. You're getting a grown man. I mean, heck, uh, University of Miami has a kid that's going to play tight end. That's it. That got a mm -hmm. ninth year. I mean, mm -hmm. way to go, Mario. I guess you. you I you know. I guess right. having a twenty. I guess having a twenty-six year old out on the field makes sense. Uh, wow. But, I mean, look at look at the quarterback situation. You got Bo Nix. Bo Nix graduate, you know, finally is going into the NFL, is now an NFL prospect. And what, five, six years ago, Bo Nix was run out of Auburn? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes mm -hmm. to show you that some of these, you know, some of these cats, they, they finally, they ran out of time in college. So it's time to move up and move out. And I don't know how the NFL scouts are translating that. I really don't. When I talk to guy, uh, you know, my guys from the the new UFL, uh -huh. uh, you know, because I used to work, uh, I used to work for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Since it's a defunct league and a defunct team, I could say that. <laughs> uh, uh, I could tell you that when we talk and whatnot, we were uh, one of the things that we were talking about is we don't know how that really translates because when we there were guys we were signing that. They were in their fifth and sixth year uh, of, uh, you know, finally done with their fifth and sixth year of eligibility. We're not seeing, we're not seeing the evenness. We're still seeing the drop. Uh, you know, they're still, they're still not taught how to be professionals in some cases. And and there's something to be said about the profession of football. I think Byron could explain a little bit better on that since he's the only pro in the room. <laughs> you know, it is a difference, you know, you, you, like coming out of Tulsa, you know, smaller school and everything, uh, you know, it was just different, you know, as far as like the speed, you know, the game was different, you know, uh, somebody not telling you where you needed to be all the time, you know, that was the, that was the biggest thing I had to get used to, you know, we had like little, you know, bulletin board thing, you know, uh, uh, special teams, you know, you had to be here this time or, you know, position meeting over here this time and everything was on time. And don't be late. If you're late, most likely you're gone. But it, it was just weird, you know. And then you would have, like, you know, some of the other guys that have been there for a while that would take you under their wing and show you, hey, man, don't do this. So I remember when we were playing one of the preseason games and me and Robert Smith decided to stand on the, you know, on the bench. You know, high, you know, college, you do that. Uh, what happened? One of the uh, other players you know, that had been there for a while, hey, uh, but, you know, Bud Grant don't like that. You know, guys got to get down. And, you know, pretty much, you know, they, they just police, you know, amongst themselves. But, but you know, it was just, just different. 
I, I could only speak about my one year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was the Turk. And telling guys on the first day of camp, hey, get your uh, get your playbook, get your crap, let's go. And uh, they hadn't even been in the building for more than six hours. But they did something to piss off somebody. Yeah. They're gone. And all you see is a little, yo, uh, when you get cut, they got their little van waiting for you. Hey, yo, bring oh, your stuff, man. Yeah, bring your stuff, man. And that's the longest walk, man, you can think of. I was like, man, what oh, am I going to do now, let me man? Tell you, let me tell you something, Byron. When I had to tell, I'm not going to say who it was because it's not cool to them because they, they still ended up becoming somebody in the league. And he 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 took that, uh, he took that, uh, that negative and he turned it into a positive. But my man, to see a grown man who who thrived in college and, you know, after a whole camp, just not just not make the cut. They figured out before the fourth, you know, the fifth week that he wasn't going to cut it. Uh, he wasn't going to make it for them. So they wanted to cut him early to see if anybody else wanted him. And he didn't see that they were doing that to help him, not that, uh, you know. Uh, not to just keep him on the roster to prevent him from ending up somewhere else. And, you know, like uh, it was shocking to that man. It was, I mean, to see that poor guy bawling and, and you know, uh, you know, when you got the snot bubbles coming out because, it, it, you know, here's his dream. He's finally there. He, he got the cup of coffee and now it's getting ripped out of his hand. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, the professional football is very cutthroat and it's not, it, it, it there, there's, there's so many reasons, uh, reasons why it doesn't work out for so many people. And there's so many reasons why it does. Uh, I, I just, it, it's different. And I don't, I don't see this, le uh, this generation adapting fast enough to it. There are some that their coaches have figured it out. And they're, they're running it like a profession. And there's some coaches that are still babying these players because that's how they, they remember you remember. And Alan, you, you, you got to understand this. You got to recruit the guys that are still in your locker room every year before they run out the building. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. as hard as you were on them all 20 weeks of the season, and I'm calling it 20, 20 weeks because you got camp and, and OTAs and all that. So the whole 20 weeks of the season, you know, you're hard on them to get the best out of them. And now you got to love them up so that they don't run out the building. You figure that most of the kids will want to be there for your teammate instead of. They're out for their own, man. They're out for their own. The way they look at it is it's no longer the team brotherhood thing. It's who, where am I going to end up? To best to better me they're all mercenaries they now have game film so now they could pimp out their game film and see where they could end up yeah but most of them you know they're going to get whatever amount of money that they're going to get from whatever school they go to okay uh they're sending the money back to their parents or they're sending back that money doesn't last forever they're not going to you know it, but and they, don't, does they the, don't they don't realize that no here, I'll, I'll all right I had a very serious conversation with a young man about this. And I think, I think it hits and it hits harder for me because we're, we're both from Miami. We both played, you know, we're both play, uh, played college. Uh, I, you know, he's at an FCS level. I'm, I was at a D one uh, FBS level at the time. You know, it, it's a little different. I, Air Force, you couldn't train, you could transfer after your second. If you didn't transfer after, after your second year, you weren't transferred. You're done. Yeah. You, you got to your second year to figure out if you're transferring. Other than that, you're stuck. You know, no, no dipping out unless you want that. Uh, uh, unless you want that. Uh, DD two. You know, DD two. If you don't want that DD two fourteen to say dishonorable, you, you don't know. want that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you you want that. You you want that honorable on there, baby. You know, <laughs> that 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 might affect the job situation for some, uh, especially back then. But now, with, with the fact that they could transfer at will, it changes things. And this young man, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. He did it right. 
he he was at her school for four years. Within those four years, he was he uh, he managed to not only get a bachelor's but also has a master's. There you go. There was enough interest in him by some of the top tier power fives because of the way he played against the Buckeyes. I mean, he if you look at him, he he defended Marvin Harrison Jr. and he kept Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm, to yeah. only seven receptions the entire game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Marvin about. Harrison Jr. was supposed to have the culmination game against us. He didn't because this young man balled out. Okay? So this young man had an opportunity to go somewhere else at a power five school. I can't hate the kid for wanting to better himself from an FCS school to a P5 school. I can't hate the kid who gave me four great years, wasn't a problem on the field, wasn't a problem off the field, graduated with a 3.7 GPA for his undergrad, got a 4.0 for a master's, and now he's doing his fifth year at a P5 school. This kid gave me everything he's got. I'm just blessed I was, I got, we got him on the field. Okay. You can't, you got to look at it that way too. The kid's doing what's right for him to possibly go into the NFL. He doesn't know, he said it. I don't, coach, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the NFL. But gee, you know what? I got an opportunity to play for a P five. Maybe they, maybe I walk away with a with a thirty with thirty grand that I didn't have before. Uh, thirty grand to start off your life ain't too bad, bro. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Hey, it's a little different because you and I, uh, you you and I had different options. You. You, you get what I'm saying? But yeah. these kids, what's this kid got to look forward to? Being in the streets of Cincinnati again? And trying to make something of himself in the streets of Cincinnati with a bat, with his masters? Yeah, he could. But now he can go back to Cincinnati. If he doesn't make it to the NFL, he's going to go back to Cincinnati with $30,000 in the bank account to make sure he's got time so he could pick and choose his employer for what's right for him. Okay, I accept that then. <laughs> That's all, and, and and like I said, he wasn't a shithead. He wasn't a uh, he wasn't a jerk. He wasn't an a hole. He wasn't a bad guy. He was a great team player. He gave us everything he could in the weight room. He gave us everything he could in the classroom. He gave us everything he could on the practice field. He gave us everything he could on the football field. Got two degrees, academic all American. It worked out. Hey, c'est la vie, bro. You can't hate a kid. You can't no. hate a kid who wants to better himself from his stance. No, no. And that's and 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 that's why I feel we cultivate a different breed of player. Where I'm at, I I work for a co- head coach who gets that. All he asks is, if you're in the building, you're one of us. When it's time to worry about the bag, we'll worry about the bag. But right now, you're in the building. You're with this brotherhood. You're in this for the next thirty month, oh, for the next thirty weeks. This is your bro- uh, These are your brothers. This is your family. This is your team. It's different. You got to look at it. The game, the dynamic change, bro. Yeah. They can transfer. They could transfer. They can't. It can't be. It's not like how it used to be, where you needed permission to transfer, and they tell you what schools you can transfer to. Now you just go. Okay, because I still remember that happening to my friend who left Georgia to find out he was only allowed to go to any FCS school he wanted to that wasn't Appalachian State, <laughs> because Appalachian State was on the schedule that next year. And he could go to no Big Ten schools, no SEC schools, no ACC schools, and only three Big 12 schools. Yeah, that's kind of limited there. (laughs) 
<laughs> like they had a laundry list of schools he couldn't go to, <laughs> and that's how come he ended. That's how come he ended up at at uh, Tennessee State. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big drop. No kidding. No kidding. Hmm. Now he's I mean, a dentist. <laughs> hey, it worked out for him then. Uh, I, I still say he, he's still making more money than I am, so he got, it obviously worked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right, I think so... this draft, like I said, back to the draft. I think the draft mm-hmm. is going to be very, very heavy on quality offensive linemen, quality defensive backs. I don't know how good these quarterbacks are, man. I think they're for. Uh, I honestly think they're. Uh, it's a lot like Tua, paper champs. I just want to see uh, how much Jalen Daniels is going to weigh in at because he looks kind of thin. You know, they're listening to they <laughs> listen they they keep listening to him at two hundred ten pounds. I just want to go him to go there and see exactly what he is because he just does. He's tall. He just he's got doesn't... rocks in his socks, baby. He's got well, rocks in his. Socks. It's gonna be it's gonna be a whole bunch of them because he he doesn't. Uh, he looks a little light for me. He looks like 180. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's been saying. He's about 180 pounds. And when he gets on the scale at the combine, everybody's going to know. Well, he's got enough time to 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 gorge on enough peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that's and a protein that's a That's a lot of peanut butter and jelly. Woo! Do you uh, think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the uh, first wide receiver pick? No. I think he's he might be the first player picked. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seeing him in person, seeing him on the field, seeing the leadership skills he had, I wouldn't be shocked if he is the first person off the damn table. He's that good. Mm-hmm. Well, I've watched him like bits and pieces of him, and I, I like. No, no, he, he he ain't that good. He's that great. He's that, that great. Boy's, he's got that boy's got greatness in him. Like his father. We'll see. We'll wow. see. But I, I'm telling you, our guy had him frustrated, but he didn't want to show it. Like I said, seven receptions under yep. 100 yards. Yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a win. <laughs> that's a hell of a win, baby. That's a win. <laughs> that's and considering that his first catch was for 60 yards. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I remember. His first catch was for sixty yards. Everything else after that was for nothing. Uh, wasn't for much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, he still did get yard. another touchdown, but still. Yeah, he got he got that three yard out route. Uh, he got that three yard out route. That was a heck of a catch. I mean, like seriously, they they mm-hmm. they. Re- I think they reviewed it just so they could be in awe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's why I remember that because I mean he. Like you said, you held him under a hundred yards, but you didn't hold him under two. Nobody yards. else that's did. Right. That's the crazy part. Exactly. Oh yeah. Now he... the entire Big Ten couldn't do it. Oh no. I mean, he's that's why being an Ohio State fan, even when we have not lived those expectations, shall you say, watching him the last three years has been awesome. I mean, just watching how. Um, Uh, the wide receiver coach, how he's not the offensive coordinator, just how every wide receiver he's had there, Olave, Wilson, Smith, and Jigba, yeah. now Harrison Jr. I mean, you're probably gonna have a, a Boca, and then yeah, but now you get uh, now, and now you guys, oh, who's your offensive coordinator finally now that O'Brien left? Uh. Oh, that was um. Is it Chip Kelly? Yes. Yes. Yeah. How do, you like, how do you like this, Byron? <laughs> Name me in another alternate universe that a packed. Oh, sorry, a Big Ten head coach leaves a Big Ten head coaching post for a Big Ten offensive coordinator position. Ah. <laughs> No, I, I mean seriously. You got head coaches quitting to be coordinators I in wa- the same conference. I wonder why. <laughs> well, I mean Kelly, he almost got fired. So I mean he he. Oh no, he had a, he has a disaster over there. 
Oh, yeah. He's a disaster of a recruiter. He's a disaster of a recruiter. Uh, UCLA? I, it, has, it has more to do with the fact that Chip Kelly is a disciplined guy. Mm-hmm. And disciplined guys who have not won much yeah. are not connecting with this generation that's coming out. It, it you know you could be a disciplined guy but you better start but you better be winning mm-hmm. and he is too much of a of an 80s and uh, 80s style coach that wants to kick an mf you on the middle of the field yeah can't do and that and that doesn't and that don't fly anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that don't fly in the west coast too let's nah, face reality yeah. those, those Sorry, boys are man. all about, uh, i mean it's it, it, it's I get it. It's UCLA. It's not Cal, so it's supposed to be more competitive. But we're talking about the school of Wooden. The man mm-hmm. won championships by being a great guy. You can't be you can't be the uh, the uh, that eighty style coach in, in, in LA. It, it just it doesn't fly. It just doesn't. No, I mean. Just how Chip Kelly was there, because Brian Hartline, the thing that he did for Ohio State, because of how amazing of a recruiter Hartline is, Kelly's not going to have to do a whole lot in that respect, because with him not having to do that and just being able to focus on the offense, I think that's going to make a huge difference. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, though. Alan, it has more to do with the with the infrastructure that Ohio State has. True. Not only do they have 10 positions, uh, 10 on the field coaches, but then they uh, every one of those 10 on the field coaches have 10 assistants. They're each mm-hmm. one of those coaches have their own assistant, not yeah. an intern, not an intern, but an assistant. They're doing it the NFL style. So now you have a six figure income coach come in and you're and you got a five in you know, a five, uh, a five digit income assistant coach who probably was a pretty decent high school coach somewhere along the line or was a decent uh, division two, division three coach. But now he's at Ohio state and he's just going ahead and chugging along. And he's an assistant to an assistant coach. He don't care. He still gets the ring. He still gets the accolades and he works for Ohio state. So it's a little different. Then they have a recruiting department that's seven deep. Mm-hmm. Seven deep. You got three on the field, three off the field, and the and the director of recruiting. Needless to say, their video department for video coaching has 16 kids all on scholarship besides their on-staff video coordinator and assistant video coordinator. Then you have the director of, of creative media who has his own staff of eight. You can't, you know, if you don't win a national championship with all those resources, get out of here. The 11th man, what's it called? The 11th man? What is it? Or is it the Buckeye Foundation? What is it called? Or 11 Buckeyes or 11 nuts? (laughs) I I don't know what it's called. Their collective is hilarious. I think it's the Buckeye Collective. I the Buckeye like Collective. Collective. The Buckeye Collective personally made sure that they have their own creative department. They got the guy who used to work for <laughs> for Pixar as their director of creative me- media. I, I'm not making this up, guys. The, the, wow. the, like seriously, the guy who used to be a director for Pixar is now creating. It's doing the creative artwork mm-hmm. for they, the collective. They must, they must have money to burn. It's tax. Uh, it's tax deductible. Oh, excuse me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing yeah. how a five hundred one c three helps you out. <laughs> but that's true. But this I doesn't mean, say normally... not for profit here, bro. This doesn't say not for profit. <laughs> <laughs> not here, but. Normally, if Victor was here, we definitely would have hit more on the NFL. But what that means is next week when Victor does return, 
We'll get to yeah. Well, that's why for me, what I do on Wednesdays for the top twenty-five rundown, I usually do college stuff. So I'll have to get you on there at some point, Andre. So we can definitely talk about there. But uh, Byron, congratulations! You survived another episode. You were making sure that you have kept the show going and intact. Got to hold down the fort. Exactly. You held it down uh, once again. Uh, For me, I'm thankful I was able to come on with both you guys. Although. You know that when Victor sees his like, what happened to all the NFL? Are you serious right ah, now? Oh, no, no, no. I already know. Like uh, you, you know uh, you know he's going to call me. <laughs> he's going to know might... you took over. <laughs> uh, he'd be all right. <laughs> it was an Andre takeover. That... I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I guess uh, the Jersey Boys are always on on Thursdays, 8 to 9. Uh, Victor has uh, the... What are you doing, Byron? That's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. That's yeah, eight that's o'clock. his way eight of nine, doing yeah. eight o'clock. Yeah, he okay, puts okay, nine fingers you. up for eight o'clock. That's his eight joke. o'clock. That's right. Okay, but uh, that you know that uh, Victor he has the different things for financial freedom. So I mean, you can definitely check out those on his website, and um, I guess we'll see what happens next week. And uh, guys, hope you have a good week. This has been the Jersey Boys on the Sportscast. Hey, uh, remember, uh, Byron, do we still do the the mission statement for the Sinise Foundation? No, nah, we chained up. We got something else. Oh, okay. No problem. Just I had it ready just in case. Right, well, do it remember. anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Ah! Yeah, go ahead, you, go ahead and do on, that got... just because, yeah, I want to – because for me, I didn't have that information, so I appreciate you uh, No problem. No problem. That out, Andre. Freedom and security are precious gifts that we as Americans should never take for granted. We must do all that we can to extend our hand in times of need to those who are willing to sacrifice each day to provide that freedom and security. While we can no, uh, never do enough to show gratitude to our nation's defenders, we can always do a little more. That is the, that is the mission statement for the Gary Sinise Foundation. It's a great foundation, a foundation that I, I know personally well, uh, actually puts their money where their mouth is for, uh, for combat veterans. Uh, I've seen what they've done uh, for a few friends of mine, and uh, they continue to, ser- uh, to serve the, the greater good of the, of the military community. Uh, as a veteran, uh, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud that uh, we're not forgotten. Couldn't have said it better myself, but uh, fellas, appreciate you coming on. And then uh, I know you guys will be on next week, so uh, we'll have a great show. And this has been the Jersey Boys here on the Sportscast. Take care, everybody.